Hello, and welcome to the Ripple Podcast. My name is Chelsea Connors, certified coach here to bridge the gap between mental wellness and personal growth. Today, I wanted to talk about uh, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is indecision and how indecision and living from indecision will actually suck the life from you. So this is something that throughout the years, working with clients in all different types of settings and also just being human, having friends, having family, you know, I have seen how ineffective living in indecision can be and how much strain and challenge it can put on somebody and over time how it really can deteriorate your level of self-worth or self-appreciation or self-understanding even. So it is a really juicy, meaty topic, and I'm excited to have it be one of the first conversations that we dive into. So why this has shown up so much is because trying new things is hard and scary, right? Moving with only a certain level of information can feel terrifying. And it is also a reality of life. So learning how to experience indecision and be able to sift through that is so essential for your overall well-being, for being able to get yourself in and out of situations or experiences throughout all avenues of your life, whether it be your job, your career, whether it be relationships or friendships, whether it be um, just how you're spending your time, right? Like this really infiltrates every aspect of your life and of your well-being. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how this might show up and what it could look like for you if you're experiencing indecisiveness or indecision in your life. And then three massive shifts that I really believe and know and have seen that if you can start understanding them, working on truly believing them like at your core and embodying them, they can be some of the things that help you move through indecisiveness when it shows up for you so that you can continue to live a bold life or live whatever fill in the blank kind of life that you want to live that actually is going to help you feel more fulfilled and more like yourself rather than staying stuck and stagnant in the constant questioning or the what ifs of trying to map out every single outcome that could come from whatever decision you're trying to make. So how this shows up for me, I would say that in general, I am a pretty decisive person when it comes to the bigger decisions in life or the quality of my own life. So um, as an example, I have no qualms about like when I my interest is peaked in something new, like going about what do I need to do to get more involved in that thing? So, so much so <laughs> at my wedding, my maid of honor, who was, uh, who is one, one of my cousins who I've been closest to for my whole entire life, uh, a majority of her speech was about how many things I have tried throughout my lifetime. 
everything from CrossFit to yoga, to horseback riding, to um, drama and the arts, you name it, I have probably tried it. And I am really grateful for that part of me that hasn't like, that is able to shift and move and change when I recognize something works for me or something doesn't work for me. An example of something that really didn't work for me was soccer. I am constantly told a story from when I was younger. Soccer's not my jam. Don't love it. Never really did. Um, but I'm told the story of my parents and grandparents coming to watch one of my PAL little league, like soccer games. And there I was sitting in the middle of the field, literally sitting, picking blades of grass and picking flowers, completely uninterested and uninvolved in the game. And actually games where you're part of a big team like that, stress me out quite a bit. And I have learned over the years, I would much rather do individual sports. Like I really love running and um, things that are based on my own performance. I really loved singing and acting when I was in high school and a little bit beyond that in college. So that to me, where you're part of a team, but you also have this individual drive really like is a sweet spot for me. And so, but I didn't know that for many, many years. And so it looked like making a lot of decisions to leave something that wasn't working and try something new. Once I realized like, hey, this isn't for me. And actually I'd love to try X, Y, or Z. And I really just like big shout out to my parents because one, they fully supported me in doing that. But they also, it wasn't like I had the feeling one day and then I quit something the next day. I always was encouraged to follow through. So if I had made a commitment to doing something for a season or a certain amount of time, I would stick it out for whatever I had committed to. So it was like this good balance of being able to be both self-responsible for what I said I was going to do and also um aligning with myself about not causing myself any extra pain or staying any longer than I really had to so that I could continue to learn, I could continue to grow, and I could continue to make changes about like what worked for me and what didn't. And again, I'm using here like hobbies and sports and extracurricular activities as an example of that, but that also showed up for me in my career. I changed my major in undergrad four different times. And then I graduated with a degree in something that eventually I decided I really didn't want to pursue. And I went to grad school for something completely different, you know? So this ability to make decisions and to shift and to change, and then to take action has really been a cornerstone and a pillar of my life that has helped me get to where I am now. And all of this to say, like, that doesn't mean I don't struggle with indecision sometimes. Um, I certainly am less decisive when it comes to things like, what do you want to have for dinner? Or what do you want to do this weekend? Uh, those decisions, for whatever reason, can sometimes feel a lot harder for me to make. But when it comes to the bigger things in life, or when I know, again, something's working for me or not working for me, I'm interested in something, something doesn't quite feel right. I'm usually pretty good about hearing that, feeling it in my body, and then listening and moving and taking action on that. Now, how I've seen indecisiveness show up, um, again, both for myself, with clients, with family and friends, 
um, it can look like a couple of things. It can look like making pros and cons lists over and over and over again when you've already thought out all of the pros and cons. It can look like saying big, broad goals without any actual tangible ways that you're going to work on them or things that you're going to do differently, like without the action side of it, right? So maybe uh, a super common one or, or super typical one that might be familiar is, uh, I really want to get healthier. It's like, okay, what the heck does that mean? What does that look like for you? What do you want to be doing differently? What? How would healthy, like what does healthy look like in, in your mind and for you? Um, I'll hear people say big, broad goals like that and then stop there, right? And say like, well, maybe I'd want to try this or maybe I'd want to do export or maybe um, I want to try eating in this way or maybe um, it is about relationships or there's so many things that could come up there. But a lot of times people will say these big, broad statements and then be overwhelmed by where to start. And so they don't do anything. They just stop at saying the big broad goal. Um, and we'll talk about why that's not helpful in a little bit. Other ways living in indecisiveness can show up is if you happen to be somebody who maybe is a bit more type A or more of a planner, or you struggle with uncertainty of the future, which I truly believe is like, a really high percentage of us as human beings, because as we know, control and certainty are two of the elements that help us feel safe as human beings, but genuinely are not real or accessible a majority of the time. However, um, if you are somebody who likes having a plan, who likes having a certain degree of understanding, which I certainly would put myself in that bucket, I, I definitely am more type A, I like having plans, I like mapping things out. Um, it can feel hard to move through on uh, move through indecisiveness because there might be an ongoing high degree of uncertainty, and so that might keep you stuck there of not knowing which way to move, and that all of the ways feel scary. Other ways I've seen people live in indecisiveness is um, not being patient enough once you've made one step in one direction. So maybe you have decided that going back to the health example, one of the ways that you're going to start doing that is you're going to take a 30 minute walk after your work day ends. And maybe you do that for a week and your whole world hasn't shifted. And so you start to think, this isn't actually doing anything. This isn't actually making me healthier. I need to go back to the drawing board or whatever it might be. And so you come back and then go, okay, I just want to be healthier and start the conversation all over again um, because you just weren't patient enough to really let the the decision that you've made actually play out, actually show you what it can do or not do for you, so on and so forth. Other ways I've seen indecisiveness show up is uh, knowing that something's not working for you, but making the change feels scary. So you just stay there. You just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And again, this can show up in so many different ways. It can be um, not feeling decisive around advocating for a job or a raise that you know you deserve. 
It can be about making a decision about the next step that you're going to make in your life. Again, whether it's where you live, whether it is um, the status of your relationship, whether it is um, being able to get back out and start doing social things that you used to do that you missed and loved, staying in a relationship, getting out of a relationship, trying a new dating app, trying a new hobby, right? Like there's so many different areas of life that this can show up. And so here's the thing about indecisiveness, thinking through potential options, right? Like things like making that pros and cons list is really good to an extent. It can be super helpful to think about, okay, like what directions do I think that this could go in? Or what, from what I know now are the potential outcomes that I think each decision I'm about to make might have. But the reality is that none of us can predict the future. And so it's really easy to get stuck in this state of just bouncing around these what ifs nonstop and staying stuck there rather than doing anything. <laughs> and then you can start to talk yourself in and out of things a hundred times over. One day, one option feels good. The next day, the next option feels good. The next day, everything's terrible and your whole life is crumbling down. The next day, things aren't that bad and you can probably do this a little bit longer. You know you know the game. You know what that feels like. Um, and so what happens then is your brain starts to get creative, right? We, we as Brene, sound, Brene Brown says, we are really good storytellers. We make up stories in our mind to help us understand our life and our external circumstances better. And in some ways that can be helpful. And in some ways that works to our detriment, right? Because really a lot of the time we're making shit up. We're, we're thinking that we know what other people are thinking. We're trying to predict the future. We also have this like incessant protective mechanism in our brains and in our bodies that again, to some degree is helpful, but a lot of times also works against us. And so when you're not mindful of the stories that you're creating or the ways in which you're, you're trying to predict and control the future in an unhelpful way, this indecisiveness will start to eat at you for months and for years at a time. And what I've seen is that if you do this long enough, you stay in the indecisiveness, whatever decision it might be around, or maybe it's several avenues of your life, you notice this indecisiveness shows up. But if you stay here long enough, you're probably going to start to believe some really unhelpful things about yourself or about your circumstances. So things like, there's nothing I can do about it. This is just how it's always going to be. I'm not a decisive person. Gosh, the amount of times that we <laughs> attach our behavior to our identity and then start to own that in an unhelpful way, like literally eats at my heart and eats at my gut because these are things that we can unlearn and learn. These are things that you get to make an active choice around if you choose to. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, that means showing up differently than you have before. Yes, that means probably unlearning some things that um, at some point did you some sort of good. And what is the point of life if not to grow, learn, change, and get uncomfortable, right? Like really, if you take a step back, if we take a bird's eye view, what is the point of life 
if we don't do those things. We don't get anywhere with that without that essential element because that is usually a pretty significant part of growth, right? Is that we have to hit some degree of discomfort because we're trying something new because there is the unknown factor that contributes to it. And yet you are choosing the thing anyway. And as much as that is scary, you can shift perspective and also let that empower you and also let that be you showing up for yourself and also let that be you showing yourself what you're capable of rather than shrinking, staying stuck, staying in the indecision, worrying about what other people are thinking, worrying about trying to tiptoe around everybody else's feelings or their judgments or who the world told you you should be, right? Like, gosh, that pressure will just make anybody crumble, truly. If, we, if we're thinking about that, or if that's the main uh, driver or emphasis in your life, how understandable that you would crumble when that, when that comes up or when you think about all of those factors. So let's talk a little bit about if you experience a lot of indecisiveness in your life, or if what I've shared so far um, really resonates with you, what are some of the shifts that you can start to make around what you believe or how you talk to yourself, um, and then some action that you can take <clears throat> that might help you move through this. So the first of which I kind of just spoke to a little bit, but I'm going to just say it more um, bluntly, is if you're not willing to try, you won't make any progress, right? So of course, indecisiveness is oftentimes um, associated with a, a pretty large fear of failure or a fear of judgment. Nobody likes to fail. It doesn't feel good. It's super uncomfortable. All of the things that we all know to be true about failure. But the reality is that what happens when you don't try is you cut yourself off from making any sort of progress at all whatsoever. And so I actually was having this conversation with a client recently that you can tell yourself that by not making a decision, you're protecting yourself from that pain, from that heartbreak, from that disappointment, from that judgment. But the reality is that you're just trading that for a different type of pain, heartbreak, judgment, um, you name it, right? Because you're going to be placing that on yourself, whether that's consciously or subconsciously. So if you're not willing to try, you won't make any progress. And so the shift here gets to be, if I'm willing to try, I get to make progress. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be linear progress where it's only onwards and upwards and all sunshine and rainbows. Life doesn't work that way either. But a lot of times, even when we do fail, we learn something, right? We get to know ourselves better at least, or we learn something about the world, or we learn something that we like or we didn't like, right? So as an example, I know I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, when I was in high school, one of the things that I really loved was um, singing and music and drama and the arts. And I transferred to a high school where I had gotten into a program that was really focused around drama and the arts. And I thought that that would be great. I thought that that would be um, something that would really 
accelerate my skills in this area. Of course, at that time, it was like, oh, maybe I, I grew up on Long Island. So I was like, oh, maybe I'd love to be on Broadway or be in a band or whatever it might be. And I got there and I went to this program and I was miserable. I was so miserable. I felt like so disconnected from myself. Um, it was a really competitive environment and I hated how um, people would talk shit about each other. I hated how it was constant competition for who was going to get the the lead role or the best part or the best solo or whatever it might have been. And it really just didn't drive with my nature and it didn't feel good for me. And I really crumbled in that environment. And I ended up transferring back to my normal high school and just going to like normal school. Um, but at that time, I definitely, I couldn't articulate it then, but that felt like a failure for me. But something that I have now, now can see and have learned is that um, competitive environments in that way aren't like really where I want to put myself in that um, things that I do for fun or things that I do for joy, when you put them in a certain lens, it takes that aspect out of it. And so uh, although I quote unquote failed or although I didn't stay there forever, right, I learned a lot about myself and I made progress in a sense of I learned what it felt like for me to be in that environment, I learned, I definitely did learn more things about music or like the actual arts that I wanted to, right? So there was still value in that experience, even though it didn't work out the way that I had thought that it would or that I wanted it to in the long term. Um, so that's like, again, a small, small example that's taking me many, many, many years back. But for some reason, that's still like pretty ingrained in, in my mind. The second shift that you can start working on if you struggle with indecisiveness is that without clarity, right, without giving your brain some options of a best next step, a limited number of options, your brain's going to get overwhelmed and stagnate, right? So being able to articulate, here's what I'm going to try next in whatever way feels approachable and available to you can actually help you go from the stuckness to experimentation. The key here is that in starting somewhere, right, in identifying this small step or this next best option for you and going into experimentation, is that you're, as you're doing that, it's really, really key to not attach your identity to the outcome, right? So this is one, one way that I see people fall off track when they start to move out of indecisiveness is if they get an idea or they decide that they're ready to make a move, then they start to put so much pressure on the next thing being the thing that solves the problem or deeming themselves again a failure or like they're never going to figure it out or creating so much uh, pressure and drama around it that taking the action becomes unhelpful and so instead if 
you're, you could view this as, you know, I'm going to try X next because with what I have right now, I feel like that's the best option. And if that doesn't work out, I'm still going to be proud of myself for trying. Or if that doesn't work out, I know that I'll have other options available to me at that point, right? And so you start to change the inner dialogue, which takes conscious effort. I'm not going to lie. It takes conscious effort. This is why I am such an advocate for giving yourself quiet time or spaciousness as an adult, because practices like journaling, practices uh, just like being able to go out for a walk and think, um, or whether it's having external support like coaching or therapy, these are the things that I think without that quiet time, without that spaciousness or reflective practice, absolutely get overlooked. And then months or years or decades go by and you might turn around and wonder like, why do I talk to myself this way? Or why am I so hard on myself? Or why can't I figure this shit out, right? And so even though it may feel small and trivial, it really is not. It will have such a profound impact on how you view yourself and how you view your life and what you allow yourself to do or not do. Um, and the things that really drive how you make decisions in your life. So that shift, right, around taking the next best step or shifting into experimentation without I, attaching your identity, like who you are as a person, to the outcome of the thing that you're trying is like massive, cannot be understated how valuable that can be. So making that shift will have a huge, huge impact on your level of indecisiveness. And then the third thing is recognizing that most of the life you want or most of the person that you want to become, this shit will not happen on accident. It takes consistent action. It takes rerouting. It takes coming back to yourself. And so if you know that you need a change or want to change or you're ready for something different, the likelihood that it will happen just by happenstance is low. It's going to take you contributing. It's going to take you moving with it. It's going to take you raising your hand and doing the hard, scary shit, even when it feels hard and scary or uncertain, you know? Um, and so while yes, like luck does exist and certainly that is a contributing factor for, for people in how, how life happens or right. Some things are, are circumstantial and absolutely out of our control, but you starting to take ownership for being an active participant in your life, in who you're becoming, in what you're creating for your world is, again, cannot be understated how important that is. And so I, I especially throughout a large part of my career have worked with young adults and millennials and one of the things that I can remember so viscerally when I was working in a college counseling center was at the ripe old age of like 21 or 22, how many people would sit in a room with me and say that they felt like their life was already decided for them or like they'd already made so many decisions down one pathway that they couldn't change or that somebody else was expecting something of them so they had to do it and just kind of like sit back into this powerless state in their life 
And that again was just so heartbreaking for me because when you start to wake up to the reality that you, you get to have a say, you get to make intentional decisions that will impact your life. You start to wake up, you start to recognize that you get to have a relationship with your life and with who you are and with who you're becoming and with your circumstances. And again, I I say that with like a huge grain of salt that I recognize, like nobody controls everything. Shit happens. We don't always know why shit happens. Bad things happen. They will continue to happen. And it also gets to be true that the life that you want and the person that you want to become will not happen on accident. It is going to take your active participation. And so when you are experiencing something like indecision, if you can come back to this reminder, if you can come back to this truth and this knowing and shift your perspective there, I bet you you're going to start to ask yourself more helpful questions. You're going to come up with more creative solutions. And you're going to go from stagnation to movement a lot, lot faster and more effectively. All right. So that's what I have for you today. All about (laughs) indecision, why it's not super helpful, how it might suck the life from you, and some shifts that you can make that will be helpful for for you in, in learning how to have a different relationship with some of these things that we talked through. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to stay in touch, definitely sign up for my wake up Wednesday email note. You can find the link for that in the show notes below here. You can also find me on Instagram at at Chelsea Connors with an underscore. If this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to share it out. It is uh, obviously the Ripple podcast. If you're listening kind of close-ish to real time is a brand new podcast. So you sharing will have a big impact on how many people this reaches. Um, And that's the whole point of the Ripple, right? It starts with us. It starts with each individual making the small changes that we can that have a big ripple. And then it also starts with being able to show other people what's possible as well. So thank you again for being here to the small steps that have a big ripple until next time.